Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is noon on a Wednesday. It is time for Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Aaron Maloney is here. Aaron. So 36 days after firing coach Cliff Kingsbury, the Arizona Cardinals found his replacement yesterday in former Philadelphia Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon. So what is the Cards' new head coach's top priority? Here's ESPN's Dan Orlovsky. The top priority is figuring out how to make the relationship with Kyler Murray thrive. Not just work, but thrive. And the challenge is going to be... Can he let Kyler be him? Because you got to let that happen in the NFL. Be who you are personality-wise. But candidly, grow up. You, you Grow up. It's time to play big boy football 24-7, 365. What do you think Gannon's top priority should be? Yeah, that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure Kyler Murray, I don't know. I, I mean, I believe the guy, at least in theory, wants to do whatever it takes to win games. I'm sure he's sick of not winning at the the rate he's used to winning at. But it's one thing to be like, yeah, I want to win. And it's another thing to to do it. And yeah, a lot of that falls on Kyler Murray, but a lot of it falls on the leadership and not just other players in the locker room, but like actual coaching leadership as well. That's part of the reason you made this change. So absolutely, that's that's how Jonathan Gannon's ultimately going to be judged. Wins and losses in that, but they go hand in hand. You know, it's interesting just listening to Ed right there. Um, I'm thinking to myself, the grow up, I'll just insert, learn to play the game of football all over again. This is what I've been talking about. Kyler Murray needs to learn the NFL game. He needs to learn the game all over again. Fall in love with the game all over again. So when I hear Orlovsky say grow up, that to me is what I mean. He's got to learn the game, have a burning desire to learn the NFL game all over again. Not not just the new age offense, but the old as well, and blend the two. Todd McShay released his mock draft 2.0 this morning. He has the Cardinals drafting Will Anderson at number three. Do you guys think the Cardinals will go defense with the third overall pick now that they have a defensive head coach? It's a great question, right? I mean, that that's always kind of been a thought in the back of my mind is if they go defensive coach and that defensive coach is there and he has any input on the draft, isn't he going to be like, look, Will Anderson or Jalen Carter? I personally like Will Anderson, but I, any either one of them, and Carter might already be gone. However you want to look at it, I'm sure Monty Ford's going to explore every avenue to trade because that's what he... That's the environment he grew up in the NFL in with the Patriots. But, man, if Will Anderson's just sitting there at three and you put him on this defense with a defensive head coach, I do like that. Yeah, you're telling me uh, the Arizona Cardinals get Will Anderson. I'm Right now, I'm sold. Right? I I don't... If he's going to be a Vaughn Miller-type player, and again, Basinonians, Vaughn Miller. Outside linebacker, Texas A&M. At 6'2", 237 pounds, Miller fits the bill for a 4'3 outside linebacker, and some also view him as a great fit for a 3-4 scheme. Whichever defense he plays, the theme will be common. Get to the quarterback. 
Miller got to the quarterback 33 times during his four-year career at Texas A&M, with nearly half of those sacks coming during his junior year. Last year, Miller recorded 10 and a half sacks, but he was hampered by an ankle injury during the early part of the season. Miller is expected to go during the early portion of the draft. He is not expected to last through the top five spots in the first round as the surest thing in this draft, although scouts believe he needs considerable work on his pass recognition and coverage skills. Well, that old school, that's how old school that draft capsule is. It's Dave Burns with a My Chemical Romance music bed. Yeah, we'll worry about those coverage skills as well. <laughs> and I know you were just reading, David Charles. I know you were just reading, but right now, Will Anderson, you tell me he's going to have that kind of impact. You got to take him at number three. And one of the things I love about Will Anderson, too, this guy is culture. This guy is the culture you want to fester on this team going forward. Yeah, I love it. The Phoenix Suns beat the Kings last night, 120 to 109. Chris Paul finished the contest with 19 assists, while DeAndre Ayton had 29 points and 11 boards. Here's DA after the game when asked if his goal is to be an All Star. Most definitely. Most definitely. I'm about to do everything I've been doing now. You know, um, me, I think I started off on the worst foot ever um, in my career, just, you know, not playing the way I'm supposed to play. And. And then we were losing and stuff like that, but I'm just glad I picked it back up, you know, and I'm back to my norm. I, I don't even think I'm better than last year, but, you know, um, that that is one of my goals, but he ain't totally my goal. My goal is to, you know, be on top of this world, to be honest, in the ring, and, you know, that's what I play for. That's what I sacrifice for, you know, and that's why I love to play, to be honest, knowing that, you know, I can get a chance at that. Did he say this last night? That- mm-hmm. <laughs> Where's Pretty my accurate. Allison Chase? Is this- <laughs> okay. You don't even need Allison Chase. You can just make that noise. Oh, there it is. <laughs> hey, DA, you need to tap into what you just said, bro. You need to tap in and know that that's the key. That's pretty self-aware, though. That's pretty. I mean, he just said exactly what most, I think, relatively neutral Suns fans (laughs) would say. The start of the season was not his best basketball. He's been a lot better lately. A lot better. All right, that was Wolf and Daniel. Oh, that is so liberating, isn't it? To watch the Phoenix Suns and to watch D.A. play basketball with his knees bent and his butt out. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you want to go? Is that what you want? Well, we're just going to do it. Okay. Everyone settle down. What are you doing? It's so cool. You know, one of the great things about playing the game of football is you could lose your mind on the field. You could lose it. And that's what I love about this job as well. Sometimes you get behind the microphone, you just lose it, man. You just, you don't even care. And it feels great. Until I get yelled at for going to break late. When we come back, how big of an impact will Jonathan Gannon have on Kyler Murray? We'll get into that. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, ESPN had a story after the Jonathan Gannon hire. 
Wolf that was um, you know, seven seven things to watch for now with the Cardinals. Here are the seven questions Jonathan Gannon basically has to answer, okay? And the one you and I both zeroed in on, I think it's the one most people would zero in on if you follow this team. What does the hire mean for Kyler Murray, right? And yes. you know, even the team yesterday sent out that quick video um, in the afternoon where Gannon's about to leave. Michael Bidwell's like, hey, you know, he's right down the hall. So Gannon turns around, goes down the hall, sees Kyler Murray working out in the uh, in the team facility, which I got to be honest, that's what stood out to me more than anything else was yeah. Kyler Murray's at the team facility on Tuesday, February 14th. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that means he left on Wednesday, February 15th. I mean, I know the Super Bowl was just here, but I just that is something different seemed to stand out to everybody in that video. And that's great, and you should be excited about your new coach, like I said earlier. But the thing that stood out to me was, wait, Kyler Murray's just here. Yeah. Like, he just walked down the hall, and, and he's there. That's what they wanted when he was rehabbing. You know what's amazing about that? There were some people out there, some reports that actually thought that was staged. It wasn't staged. It was totally legit. I know that for a fact. <laughs> no, no offense to anybody involved. I don't necessarily think those guys are all that amazing of actors to pull that off. You know what I mean? (laughs) No, it was so cool to actually see it because it was organic, ladies and gentlemen. He was on his way out, and suddenly the word got to him that Kyler Murray was there. And I know that to be a fact because I happen to know the cameraman. I'm not going to say his name, but I know the cameraman who was there. Um, incredible the way that happened. And I love that. And Paulie already brought it up too. One of the thoughts that you've got to ask yourself, how cool was it? That was the first time you actually met Kyler Murray. Yeah, that's an interesting twist to it, right? If that, if he really had not met him yet, if that was it, um, I like the idea of hiring a coach that you think can get the most out of Kyler Murray, yes. but not hiring a coach that Kyler Murray picked. Yes. That's, that That's to exactly me, is the right. sweet spot. Yes, it, it's exactly right. Kyler, you play quarterback here, and that's what we want you to do. And this is what Kyler's got to totally embrace. You play the position of quarterback here. You are a team leader. You've got to embrace that. Don't worry about what the organization is going to do. You do what you got to do. Do your job. And now you've got a guy. And Jonathan Gannon, who's going to come in here, and we'll see. We'll see how this goes. But to me, I love that. The fact that that was the first time they met, and um, that hire did not go through Kyler Murray. Here's the actual audio of the video. Has anybody ever said that before? Here's the audio of the video. All right, all right. We'll see you soon. Jonathan, Kyler's in the He's in there? Just talking. We'll be on the floor. Now this is See, now my impression of Jonathan Gannon is that when he walks down a hall, he's just everywhere he goes. Well, that's what everyone says. They say he's really high energy. High energy. That is, that is number one. They say he's high energy. And my phone blew up. This is something we were talking to uh, Bickley and Murata about. But my phone never blows up, ladies and gentlemen. Never. It doesn't. You know why? Because I don't break any stories. You don't stories. usually have it turned on. Because no. <laughs> exactly. I don't break any stories. I, I, I am not tapped into all these people. Suddenly, people I haven't heard from in months, maybe even years, started <laughs> blowing up my phone. 
about the hire of Jonathan Gannon. I I didn't know a lot about this guy and still don't know a lot about Jonathan Gannon. But, man, the the outpouring of support that I got from the likes of, and I know he, he'd be okay with this, Bernie Kosar out of nowhere saying, dude, you just got the dude. You got supposedly this guy is the alpha male. He's the alpha in the room and he's he's very encouraging and he's high energy. Okay, now listen, um that doesn't make him a great coach. That doesn't mean everything's going to go well, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't. But it's a good place to start. <laughs> it is. And for me, again, to have the separation as a defensive-minded coach that comes from a scheme, an offense in the Philadelphia Eagles that looks an awful lot like the offense Kyler Murray was in and knows how to deal with that part of it because that's not going away anytime soon. Yeah. That new offense is not going away. It's more of the old. they got to blend with Kyler, and hopefully he's going to be able to do that and allow Kyler to see why he's got to do that. Well, that stuff means more to me. You know, we're in the offseason. It doesn't really matter if you win the offseason or not. Ultimately, all I care about is what this team looks like when the games actually start and what he gets out of Kyler Murray, what he gets out of this defense, and what he gets out of the entire team. So, you know, they're going to have the press conference tomorrow, and obviously I want to hear it. I want to hear what Jonathan Gannon has to say. I expect the team to ask act like this is the greatest hire in the history of football. Of course. That's what every team does when they hire somebody. He's a first-year coach. I wanted an experienced coach. They're not hiring based on what Luke Lipinski wants. That's right. That's been clear. Or Ron Wolfley. No, but stuff like what you just said or stuff like this from Dan Graziano on ESPN, okay? Yeah. Uh, I'm reading off their story. Gannon is a guy a lot of people around the league believe in as a top head coach candidate for his intelligence, his leadership, and his ability to command a room. I'm not sure what success will look like for the 2023 Cardinals, but if what they're looking for is a long-term leader with the skills to manage the organization through ups and downs, they aren't the only ones who have identified that in Gannon over the past couple years, unquote. There's that Philadelphia Inquirer story that uh, was looking at both Steichen and Gannon, because the Eagles lost both of them this week. It says, quote, Steichen was the product of his environment, a coalition of offensive minds whose synergy returned excellent results. But losing Gannon isn't just bad news for the Eagles. It's catastrophic. Laurie and Roseman know it. Shane's a good coach, but Gannon's a star. An NFL source familiar with the Eagles told me Tuesday after reports of Gannon's departure to Arizona. He's smart, and his defense was really good this year. It was like the Eagles had two head coaches, unquote. yes. Now, this is the, again, uh, this is what I'm hearing. Uh, the proof is going to be in the doing, as we all know. And Jonathan Gannon would be the first one to tell you that. This is what I love about this. This is, it's okay, man. You go to, they, the Arizona Cardinals have a coach right now. They have a coach. And it's okay to say prove it and adopt that mentality because I'm hoping he's going to be willing to go out and prove it. The problem is, of course, we're not going to know. We're not going to know for a while. And with some people, that's going to be the first game of the season. For other people, it'll be the halfway point of the first season for Jonathan Gannon. For other people, it'll be a, a year. For me, you got to give a coach two years. Isn't that right, Nick Sirianni? You got to give a coach two years to make a difference. And that's not just a coach. He's also got to have some talent at his disposal. How about uh, how about so this this list I threw together while we were doing the show 
last week, okay, going into the week, all right? And you just tell me if we can check these off the list, okay? Because the yes. whole point was this is stuff that's happening around the Valley coming up, okay? Some of it was guaranteed. Some of it was up in the air, okay? Super Bowl, check. Yeah. Devin Booker return, check. Yeah. NBA trade deadline, check. Check. Jay Crowder move. Yes. Check. Kevin Durant, question mark, check. <laughs> check. Matt Ishby introduction. That's a big one. Check. Cardinals, head coach, check. Check. All of it done. Yeah. In the span of about eight days. Wow. <laughs> Remember that on like July 7th when we're like, yes. hey, when does football start and basketball's over? Yeah. Yeah. Boy, that kind of, you know, he got all those checks out there. That's a lot of checks. Right now, there's a lot of boxes that needed to be checked, and now they are checked. And now the proof is in the doing. This is, this is what I love. It's not Twitter tough guyville, if you know what I mean. All the Twitter tough guys that are out there. You could say whatever you want to say, but it's not never going to prove anything, dudes. Never. You're never going to be able to prove anything. Being a Twitter tough guy. Get on the field, put a mouth guard in. I guarantee you right now, you'd be the first guy I'd drive into the ground. Text us your thoughts to the Findle text line at 620-620 right now. We come back an electric win at Footprint Center with Kevin Durant on the bench for the Suns last night. We'll get into that and the energy around this team now. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, well, I think you just said it. We can't play enough audio of Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton from that game last night. No. We really can't. So I'm just going to start firing some off, okay? Jem just had a couple in his update. Here's, um, here, let's go, uh, let's go a little bit bigger picture. DeAndre Ayton, it's great to have Devin Booker healthy, by the way. Remember when uh, Devin Booker was hurt for a good chunk of the season? Yeah, he's back, and uh, he looks like Devin Booker. Oh, my gosh. Man, I think the dunk, I think he trying to say maybe, yeah. That's a welcome back for sure. I mean, I mean you, could, you could tell, like, I know he's been on his uh, little restriction time or whatever, but, you know, he'd be fired up. You know, <laughs> when he coming in, out the game, in the game, that man be fired up, and, you know, he's just super competitive. I mean, like, like competitive to the max, where like you know, he might get on you for a little bit. For, you know, tell him about his competitiveness, but at the same time, you know, I'm just so happy because he's been putting the work while we've been on the road. And the times where he can't make the road trips, he's out there working. And I'm just finally glad he get to have an outlet and you know, beat up on some people too. So you know, I know Book is gonna do his thing regardless. But we just been waiting for him and warming up the seat. That's about it. This is okay. My one request. All right. Yes. If the Suns win the title this year, next year, whenever they win it, okay? And you know how they always put out those, like, those videos? You can buy them the next day. Yeah. Now you can just, you know, get them online or whatever. Okay. But the, the championship video, and they right. kind of narrate the season. Oh, this was this turning point, and this was that, and this is what it was. And they do the interviews, and it's like two hours long. I just want DA to narrate it. <laughs> can we just have that? And I don't want anybody writing for him. I was going to say, don't write. Yeah. Let him just go. Let him. Yeah. Don't, don't even let him write it ahead of time. Just let him watch it and narrate it in real time. Yeah. What I love about D.A. and the things he says is there's a childlike quality to it that I, I an innocence that I love. And I think he totally is being legit and organic as to who he is. And I think at some point in time, that's also what has got in the way <laughs> of him yeah, on the court yeah. is this childlike uh, approach. Um, 
But it's what makes and him innocence. so likable when things know, are going well. I know. I know. I, I just want to focus more on some of the the things he said, D.A., the honesty of DeAndre Ayton. You, have to, you hear me say this all the time, ladies and gentlemen, but I think we all know if, in fact, you want to overcome some of the obstacles that are in front of you, if you want to overcome some of the adversity that is in front of you right now, you've got to acknowledge the fact that there is adversity in front of you, that there is an obstacle in front of you. You've got to acknowledge it first to get on top of it, to get over it. The cut you played of DeAndre Ayton not the first one, but the second one you played a, a few segments ago, that to me was the panacea, man. All right, we're going to play them both because I want to play the first one too, but I think this is the one you're talking about. And the thing about DA is he, it's almost like he's devoid of ego, which I know bothers people sometimes when things aren't going well because it's like, dude. But then on the other hand, he is willing in a situation like this to be like, Hey, this is exciting. I'm kind of like a fan like you guys, except I'm also out here playing with these guys. Can you believe it? Just as you listen to this cut that Luke is going to play based on onions right now, just ask yourself this. Is he acknowledging that there's an issue, that there's a problem? Listen. Most definitely. Most definitely. I'm about to do everything I've been doing now. You know, um, me, I think I started off on the worst foot ever um, in my career, just... You know, not playing the way I'm supposed to play, and, and then we were losing and stuff like that. But I'm just glad I picked it back up, you know, and I'm back to my norm. I, I even think I'm better than last year. But, you know, um, that that is one of my goals, but he ain't totally my goal. My goal is to, you know, be on top of this world, to be honest, in the ring. And, you know, that's what I play for. That's what I sacrifice for. You know, and that's why I love to play, to be honest, knowing that, you know, I could get a chance at that. Not playing the way that I should have been playing. And I love that. I started off on the worst foot ever. I, think, I believe he's talking about this season. He's talking about the start of this season. Yes. And look, I mean, you you know this. I think most Suns fans have experienced this on one, one level or another. If you are critical at all of DA, it's like, oh, you don't believe in this team. Exactly. It's like DeAndre Ayton just said what I think any reasonable Suns fan would say about his play. At the start of this season, he was averaging like seven rebounds a game. He didn't look like DeAndre Ayton. This is not the old, oh, he's a bust, or oh, they should have drafted. No, it's not that. You were comparing DeAndre Ayton at the start of this season to DeAndre Ayton last season. He wasn't as good. But he just said right there, he's fixed it. And so far, so good over the last, certainly the last like five or six games. But I would even really say over the last month or so, he's been much better than he was at the start of the year. Yes. He looks like two different players. He does. And that's him acknowledging that. And clearly him acknowledging that behind the scenes is what has gotten him to the point where he's playing this well now. Okay, can you play the KD cut where he says, where he's he's talking about KD and and the way that that impact? Play that cut. I'm really speechless, to be honest. We got KD. Ain't that something? That's what I ask myself all the time. Only thing I can do is possibly just make sure I'm ready to play. Because he's going to come ready to play and do what he got to do every night. So Just stop it right there. <laughs> hey, first of all, that ain't that something? We're all saying that. Wait a minute, though. Did you just hear what he said right there? You gotta, you gotta be, I got to be ready to play. Is this it? Did Kevin Durant just walk in to the shed and pull the cord and the light bulb went on? We've been waiting for this for the longest time. 
for DeAndre Ayton to be able to say what he just said. Now, listen, I know that he has been critical of himself in the past. I know that from time to time. But what he's saying right here is exactly what's got to happen for DA to get it. You got to get it first up here mentally before you can go do it physically. That's exactly what he's talking about. This is... Matt, just don't blow this off. If this, if we see DeAndre Ayton actually become more consistent in his approach, what a nightmare that's going to be for the rest of the association if that happens when KD gets out on the floor as well. What a nightmare that's going to be. It doesn't mean it's over. It just means this could be the start with DA. We'll see. Go do it, brother. It just changes everything because D.A. doesn't have to be dominant every night for them to win a playoff series. But what if he is? And you're putting him around somebody that I would argue Kevin Durant, just by being Kevin Durant and all that he's done in, in his career, there's a version of this impact on everybody on that roster. Maybe not Chris Paul, because Chris Paul's seen it all. Yeah. But even Chris Paul was playing with a jump he in the step. He looked a little sparky last night. But anybody else on this team, you know, outside of Devin Booker, but I, th- I think Devin Booker kind of led us behind the curtain yesterday where he's like, you gotta, you just got to be here to understand it. You're, when you're around greatness like that is the way he said it. Uh, it oh, man. It's, it's going to raise, it already is raising the bar for everybody on this team. And it... You can't overstate this enough either. Kevin Durant's not a rental. He's here for a while. right? So if you're not Devin Booker or Chris Paul or whoever, if you don't play up to that level, you won't be here next year. You'll be on Charlotte. Sorry, Charlotte, but it's the reality. Can you finish the cut with DA? I've never paused one and tried to finish. Let's try it. Ready? Here we go. No, you would think. I mean, you would think when you hit pause, that would just me just making sure I'm an anchor on this team and you know just doing the right thing, doing the right things to contribute to a win. He was one of your guys growing up, right? Oh yeah, most deaf. You know, I ain't really telling the stories yet. You know, I'm still trying to keep the player, but you know, (laughs) you know what I'm saying. But you know, you're gonna have to find that some other way. But I ain't gonna tell them off rip. You know what I mean? But other than that, I'm super excited, man. Um, you know, it's still unbelievable just, you know, coming to practice and you see the same seven-footer, and, you know, it's KD. But everything's falling into place, and, you know, we're making them, making them family, man. He's, um, you know, it's, it's coming slowly but surely, for sure. Everything's falling into place. That's what I like about DA is he articulates things that I think most fans are kind of feeling. Yeah. Just let it fall into place, DA. Just go ahead and do it, man. And keep remembering, that's KD. How am I playing? What kind of effort am I giving? Just like he does. Innings Festival is back. The two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, much more. Returns to Tempe Beach Park on February 25th and 26th. Head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. When we come back, what are Jonathan Gannon's biggest priorities in terms of fixing the Cardinals' defense, we're going to ask former NFL defensive end Kyle Vandenbosch. He will join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
Football, Wolf. Every time we get going on the Suns conversation, switch back over to football. It's a good balance we got going here because there's obviously big Cardinals news. They hire their new head coach yesterday. They're going to officially introduce him tomorrow when the Suns, a little bit later in the day, introduce Kevin Durant. Joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line is Kyle Vandenbosch. You should know that by the Metallica that is playing to y'all. Kyle, what's, uh, what's going on? Not much, guys. Not much. How are you? Doing good, buddy. Uh, kind of jacked up right now. There's a lot going on. You know, Kevin Durant, of course, and the Phoenix Suns. Um, the, the impact. I don't know if you happened to watch the game last night, but it was it was noticeable, no doubt about it. The Cardinals, of course, have hired Jonathan Gannon. Let me start with this right here. Okay, where do you start when you consider Jonathan Gannon? Yeah, so I didn't know much about him, um, you know, prior to, I mean, really these last couple of days when his name popped up when he was being interviewed and then um, it was being talked about how they were keeping him around for a second interview. So um, I I tried to find out as much as I could. I got a a good friend, actually, um, one of my former strength coaches works for the Eagles now. Um, he actually, um, got me some tickets to the Super Bowl. Um, so I reached out to him, um, and, you know, just got his input and he said, you know, he's going to bring a ton of passion and just a ton of juice to this organization. And you can, you could just see it by the, that clip of him running back to Greek Kyler yesterday. Um, you know, it's, uh, he's going to infuse definitely a bunch of energy into the organization. Um, you know, from my understanding, um, you know, he's, he, He's really engaging. The players love him. Um, a lot of what he does is data-driven, analytics-driven. Um, but that's not, um, it, you know, I think that kind of gets a bad reputation um, nowadays. But it's he uses it in a good way. And, you know, I think uh, probably a couple of the other things, just, um, you know, first impressions on, on learning about him is, um, you know, he's got that scouting background, so he knows what to look for in players. He knows which players would, would fit um, into his system. He knows how to evaluate talent. Um, and then he does a great job of catering, um, you know, his system, catering what he wants to do based upon the players' abilities. And I think that's so crucial to a team. I think um, so many coaches are, this is my way, this is how we're going to do it and you're going to have to adjust how you play. Um, I think you have to find that that balance of, um, I know my system works, but I've got this special athlete, so I need to figure out how to get the most out of him. And it sounds like he does a great job of doing that as well. Kyle Vandenbosch is joining us. Kyle, I know everybody's different, so this is more of a blanket statement, but just in general in your experience or your impressions of uh, of the game, how much does having a defensive-minded head coach potentially impact the personality of this team? I think a lot. Um, you know, uh, shoot, looking back at my career, I think um, maybe other than Denny Green, all I had was defensive coaches. I had uh, Dave McGinnis, I had Jeff Fisher, I had Jim Swartz. Um, those are my head coaches. And, um, you know, it's, it tends to be guys with more energy. It tends to be guys that are more about, um, look, we're going to go out um, on Sunday and out physical this team. We're going to prepare um, so we can out physical teams. We're going to um, come in with a certain mentality and, and that's going to be our identity. And, and to me, honestly, um, it, it, you know, that's to me what football is about is 
is that mentality, that attitude. And, and look, I'm not a, um, you know, I, I wish I was more of an X's and O's guy. I wish I could go up to a board and, and come up with, with schemes just to outsmart people. But that's not what uh, brought me success. That's not what how I saw um, an opportunity for me to do well in the game of football. It was going out there and strapping on the pads and playing harder and playing more physical than other people. And, and typically that's what a defensive guy brings to a team. It brings to um, a meeting room and, and you can typically see that in the players and their mentality and how they approach the game as well. There's no doubt about that, Kyle. That is, that, that is so well said. I couldn't agree more with you on that. Um, talk a little bit about the impact a defensive coach can have on maybe a young quarterback that is developing. Is there anything there? Because Todd Bowles, I'll never forget this. Todd Bowles once told me to my face, he said, you know what? I think I can help a quarterback just by giving him my perspective on it. Your thoughts on this with Jonathan Gannon working with Kyler Murray? I, I, I think you're right. I think um, he, he can definitely, you know, it's, it's a different perspective. Um, he's spent, you know, the better part of his last few years, uh, certainly the last two years as a defensive coordinator and then having been a defensive backs coach, um, trying to figure out ways to confuse quarterbacks, trying to figure out ways to take away what quarterbacks do well. And, um, you know, it's, he, he's done a great job of that the last couple of years in Philly, having um, the number one ranked pass defense in the league, um, facing, you know, in, in today's NFL, uh, week in and week out, it's a different type of quarterback with a different skill set and different strengths and, and different offensive schemes. And so he could take a little bit of all of that and figure yeah. out, Okay, which which scheme is, is going to fit Kyler best? Which things does he do best? What our defense is going to try to stop him and attack him? And and I know you've talked about it, and other people have talked about it since this hire. Um, you know, you can see the Cardinals possibly taking on a lot of what the Philadelphia Eagles did well and what Jalen Hurts did well. I mean, he's got a very similar skill set to Kyler Murray. Um, and so you could take some of those things and you could build it into the Arizona Cardinals offense. Talking to Kyle Vandenbosch, uh, Kyle, on the other side of the football, you look at the defense. It's it's logical, I guess, to make the connection between Isaiah Simmons and, and what Hassan Reddick just did with uh, with Jonathan Gannon. They're not the exact same guy, obviously, but a guy like Simmons in particular or even anybody else, these young players on this defense, what does a move like this potentially do for unlocking them? Again, you know, going back to what I said earlier, um, and, and, you know, Jonathan Gannon has said this himself, um, you know, I don't have a scheme. I, I, you know, kind of cater what I do and how I call my defenses based on what my guys do well. And that's what you can take away from Hassan Reddick. I mean, Hassan Reddick wasn't dropping into coverage 30 times a game. Hassan Reddick plays best and is most impactful when he's getting after the quarterback. Now, I, you know, that might not be Isaiah Simmons' skill set, but I think, again, looking at uh, Gannon's background in scouting, looking at how he's um, just let his guys play, figured out what they do well, and just let him go. Um, I think that's what you can expect from Isaiah Simmons. I don't think that you're going to see Isaiah Simmons lined up in four or five different positions throughout the course of a game. I think you, you know, I, I think Coach Gannon will 
you know, identify what does he do best? How can he have the biggest impact on our team? How can he help our defense the most and keep him there for the majority of his snaps? And and I think that will do wonders for Isaiah Simmons, will do wonders for Zayvon Collins. I mean, even established players like Buda Baker, um, you know, you you these guys are, are weapons. These guys are elite type talents. So you need to put them in situations where they can display that talent and when, where they can impact the game the most. So, Kyle, do you have any thoughts on Jonathan Gannon and why his name surfaced later in this whole process as opposed to earlier? Uh, I really don't. You know, I, I, I um, you know, everything that I've heard is um, from people I know, people that have been in contact with him, people familiar with him, um, said that he was going to be a head coach and that he would do a great job and, mm-hmm. and he commands the room. Um, and, and honestly, I, I think a lot of us get stuck on looking at, you know, what did he do with this defense or what did this guy, how, you know, what did his offenses look like? What are his numbers like? Um, that's, that's a small part of being a head coach. A head coach is a whole another animal than being, a position coach or really even a coordinator. I mean, to run the whole team to every day, get up in front of the team and, and, you know, speak to them and get the most out of them. It's, it's different. And that's, you know, what I hear about him is, um, you know, he's a great communicator and he can get the most out of the players. And, um, you know, to me, I I think a lot of the conversation is okay. The next biggest thing. And, and I don't disagree with this is, who is going to be the offensive coordinator? Who's going to be the quarterback's coach to get the most out of Kyler Murray to get the most out of this offense? Um, you know, look, Jonathan Gannon comes from an organization um, that, it, you know, year in and year out is typically very successful. And I think one of the first things I, I'm hoping was asked in the interviews was um, it, it, the Eagles had 22 of their opening day starters available for the Super Bowl. Um, and, and the Cardinals had... Uh, the third most games lost um, start uh, games lost to starters because of injuries and and I think you you need to look at not just offense defense just organizationally how how do you run things how did you run things in Philadelphia and, and what will it look like because I mean quite frankly um, it had. Cliff Kingsbury had 22 starters available at the end of the season. Cliff Kingsbury would still be the coach of the Arizona Cardinals. So um, when you're running an entire team, when you are structuring an organization and how you practice, you need to look at everything. And I think um, things need to be adjusted. How do we run practice? How much time are we on the practice field? How can we make sure that our star players are available in week 17 and into the playoffs? Because that's a big reason, um, you know, there is – no more direct correlation. The healthiest team in the NFL last season was the Kansas City Chiefs, mm. and they got the Super Bowl trophy at the end of the year, the Lombardi Trophy, and Philadelphia was the fourth most healthy team. So I think, you know, to me, if there's one thing that can flip wins and losses quickly, it will be making sure that our players are available on a week-in and week-out basis. And so I think he has – having been in that organization, direct knowledge on how to structure things, how to practice, how to prepare, just to make sure that our guys are available every week. Kyle Vandenbosch, great stuff as always, man. Thank, Thank you for you the Kyle. time. 
Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. That's uh, Kyle Vandenbosch joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. We come back talking a lot of Kevin Durant. Well, I want to react to the last thing he said there as well, too, because that makes a lot of sense. Uh, but as far as Kevin Durant, let's let's spoil it down to three things. What are the three biggest ways Kevin Durant will have an impact on the Suns going forward? We'll tell you next with the Suns three-pointer. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.